Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Southampton Way podcast. This is episode 10, would you believe, with it a, with it a nice double figure. <laughs> um, it's, uh, thank you. I just want to start, actually, with a, with a quick thank you, um, since we've hit um, two digits and, and, and uh, the listening numbers haven't plateaued at all. You're, you all seem to really be enjoying it. Um, oh, we are, we have a lot of fun making it. So if you just keep keep on keep on listening, keep on showing the support you have, then it makes it all worthwhile for everybody. It's really uh, it's really good, um, really good to have you joining me this week to not only review the Tottenham game uh, at the weekend, uh, the mad six goal thriller. Uh, we'll also go through um, a bit about England, and then we will look forward to sort of beyond West Ham because we'll cover that next week. But we'll sort of look to to potentially next season. Um, who out of the 30-man squad will still be here next year. Yeah, so joining me for it is football podcaster and broadcaster Martin Sanders. Martin, thank you very much for joining me, mate. Always a pleasure. Um, yeah, first of all, start with how on earth, um, did, what did you make of that game on uh, on Saturday? That was nuts. Josh could say, um, yeah, it was nuts game, wasn't it? Wow. Um, wasn't a surprise, really. Um how the game unfolded i was uh, like you we, we spoke before we come come on air here and we was we were talking about that team lineup and just think again i was really concerned about the the lack of creativity and where was the pace going to be in the side we're going to be so reliant on those fullbacks and having watched spurs the week before i really felt that they were there for the taking i felt that there was an opportunity and i think as that game unfolded there was no doubt that there was an opportunity to give them a really good game. They looked fragile, didn't they? They didn't look at the races at all. And um, I think we played into their hands in the first half of that, with that selection. We were so pedestrian again with the, with the play of Ali Noosin. I like Stuart Armstrong's, but it's a very safe player. He's not going to commit people. And I think just at this stage of the season, it's that opportunity where you really have to have a go at it. Now you have to really, take the game because nothing to lose we have to take games to teams and we have to try and win games I actually feel after watching that final 15 minutes on Saturday that I think we've got players that can really make a difference in that squad I just think they need to be utilized now and he really needs to I think grow a pair and like go for it you know come on Ruben let's have a go because don't worry about losing games West Ham we have to go to them I'm going to keep it tight for a bit. Let's just try and win some games. Because we scored three goals at home. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. It's almost like um, you, you want him to let the reins off a little bit and do something a bit a bit outlandish. Because that's, like you say, it was it was almost like he was trying to play, play it safe. But it seems very counterintuitive, especially against a, a very negative Spurs team. Um, I had a quick chat with with um, Benji um, right for the Daily Echo before, before the game when the lineups come out. We were just we were just chatting about about the uh, where the goals were going to come from, and neither of us saw it. Benji said, and I agreed with him at the time. And uh, uh, to be fair, to an extent, still now he said we would have had to have been perfect to get nil nil. Um, you know, with, with the with that front four, and, and to be fair, he, he wasn't wasn't wrong if we'd stayed like that the whole game and we weren't forced into subs through through injury and and same with Tottenham and circumstances of the game, we probably would have been happy with a nil. You know, keep it nice and tight. Um, we had to let go, didn't we? In that in that second half, we had to. We had no choice. Um, but yeah, I mean, a, a, a word for the subs, by the way. I I, I thought Maitland Niles did a really good job um, coming on. I've read a stat actually, um, regards to the substitutions. Uh, it's the second game that 
that game at the weekend was the second game in Premier League history to see both sides make substitutions, two subs each, uh, before half time. Uh, the other one was Newcastle against Wigan in April 2006. Um, so, yeah, those are the only two games that that's ever happened. So, I thought in the circumstances, Maitland-Niles did really well coming on. Um, I mean, Sally did what Sally does. He's, you know, he's, he's pretty solid. Um, he's, you know, you can tell he's still naive in, in parts, but we know that. We know what's, we know what we get with Sally now. Um, and yeah, I mean, apart from, apart from those who had to come off and those who replaced them, did, you know, did you have anyone in the start in 11? Uh, that you that you well first of all who was your man of the match and second of all who sort of stood out from that starting eleven because um, for me I thought I thought Theo Walcott was outstanding Theo Walcott for me he was man of the match by by country mile for us I thought he was outstanding showed what he showed in the recent games for us real leadership but real quality when we needed it and I thought Romeo Lavia I talk about him on this podcast all the time. He he is some player. I'm absolutely like the to sit and watch him every week. You know the pass that he's made for Walcott to set the Adams goal up. He's taken out three players with a one pass. What exactly what we needed against Brentford was somebody that could find a killer pass, and Romeo Lavia does that in an absolute abundance. It's just an incredible pass, and Theo's like Theo's bang on it because he's he looks fit. He looks like he's. He wants to wear the shirt. He's got a bit of passion about him, you know. And it was a fa- it was a great goal. He did really, you know, all from Walcott and um, and Lavia. And I think I think Lavia is a is a is a top top player, a, a standout for me. And James Ward Prowse. A lot of people will talk about him not being a leader, not having bottle. Mate, he showed he had real serious bottle there at the end, didn't he? With that penalty. He, took it so well against his best friend, someone that he spoke about in the garden with the penalties and stuff. And no doubt Fraser would have saved many of James's penalties. I, I would have suspected in the garden, but Prousey, mate, you were absolutely superb. You, you, for me, like you, you emphasize everything we're all about at the moment and just like, trying to bring everybody together. And, you know, he does it. He works hard for us and, you know, thank the Lord we've, uh, we've got Prousey with us. Yeah, it's almost hard to imagine the team without him now. I, I don't imagine. I can't. I don't even want to think about where the sort of situation we would be in this season if we didn't have him, especially um, with the goals he's been providing and, and everything around that. Um, yeah, I, th- I mean Theo was outstanding when he. I had him as my man of the match. I thought he was he was brilliant. I, something about playing against Spurs in it with Theo doesn't matter. He could, you know, I think you could. You could wheel him out when he's eighty, and he could put in a performance against Tottenham. I think it doesn't age doesn't seem to bother him, but um, yeah, he deserved his goal. Uh, everything around it as well was brilliant. Um, his movement, um, it just showed showed that that now that experience that that's been lacking. Um, and to be honest, when I looked at the lineups, I thought the only the only true threat we're going to have going um, running towards the goal probably would have come through through Theo, um, which is which is saying something for a player that many had written off um, before the season. And to be honest, myself included, um, didn't really fancy him. Um, but he's really showing why um, why we don't get paid to make those decisions. <laughs> why we're in, in somewhat, you know, naive through the passion that you have as a fan. But I don't know. Theo was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um Yeah, again, worth making Niles. Uh, it was a real shame to see, to see Bella Kotchap uh, fall to the shoulder again. 
Um, he seems to struggle with that. And and Bednarek, uh, it, I don't know how certain people feel like this, but he is back on the grass with Poland. So that one's nowhere near as serious as, as first thought. So it looks like he'll be uh, back in starting 11 against West Ham. Um, yeah, it, it was it was interesting. The way we set up before the game was much like Brentford, wasn't it? I mean, I walk again, walking to the ground, all I heard was people queuing up for the programmes and getting the burgers and looking at the, the lineup and going, why is Moy starting? Why is Moy starting? He did all right in the first half, but for me, he he's a nothing player. He, he, he takes up a space where someone like what we were talking about before, Martin, someone like Charlie Alcaraz, um, dessert, you know, should be should be there. Um, what do you what do you think? Why 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 at this point are we still are we still persisting with Moy? And, and why why do you what do you think in your head? Sellers was thinking when he's picking a start on eleven with you know four players who don't really score any goals against the Tottenham side that are clearly weak. Josh, I think it's baffling that he's still getting games. I think um, we talk, we spoke about him a bit on the podcast last week and. I can't remember who said it. Um, one of our guests said it last week. He spoke about he couldn't, just couldn't understand why he's still in the starting eleven at this stage of the season. We can't afford to be cautious now, especially in the final third. You have to play the players that are going to give you a chance to win games now because we have to win games, and we know that our defence is leaky. We're fragile at the back, and we saw that from the that early goal we conceded. Well, that you know late goal and the the first goal in the. The back end of the of the first half on on Saturday was just off. We're so fragile, and we will let goals in. So, and obviously, we don't score loads, but you got to give ourselves a a chance in the first place. Charlie Charlie Alcaraz has been superb for us since he's come in. He's been a bright spark against Leicester. I thought he was brilliant. I know he's a wasn't great in between, um, but he's been he's been good. He's been good for us, and he looks like he's going to get a shot off. He looks like he's going to create something and he's not scared to take players on and, and have a go and we need that now you got to and he, he, he got to get rid of him from the from the start of the now in my opinion I wouldn't pick him again once I put him on the bench fine just don't put him on the pitch just get him out of the way he's not a player we need in the side right now we need match winners he's at playing in the 10 position and whenever does he create anything when was the last time he set a goal up when was the last time he played a killer pass he doesn't you can't have someone in the side to track people around. Get Alcaraz to work work harder if that's what he needs. But he does that anyway. I just think Charlie's a far better option for us. And those substitutes the weekend were real key in the game, weren't they? Like Silamana's come on. He looked hungry. He took people on. He drew fouls. And we've been crying out for for that all game. But why Ali Noose is in that starting eleven? I just it's baffling, mate. It, and that's what concerns me with the final fixtures. If he's going to continue to make ricks like that, it will cost us games, in my opinion, as a fan. And I think you'll probably agree with me. I do, I do. I completely agree with you. The, the Suleimana one not starting was the one that really, really surprised me to play. Like we said before, we come on, to play one or the other is frustrating at, at you know, at, alone. But when you play both of them together, you feel like you lose so much. And and it made me think about the January strategy bringing in Camel Dean. Who were we? What position were we looking to strengthen? Did, did we did we really look at areas like um, the one that Samuel Adozi was occupying and say, "Yeah, Sam's nowhere near good enough. We need to replace him." Or did would the would would the 
would it not have made more sense to say, right, well, Sam's developing, so let's bring someone who can rotate with him? Because he just seemed, it's such a shame that he's he's nowhere. I I, I put um, on Twitter before the game, I, I mean, for me, Mislav Orsic, Joe Aribo, and who else was that I put? Mislav Orsic, Joe Aribo, and Sam, Sam Adozi are head and shoulders above Moyeli Nusi, Sekumara, and Adam Armstrong, in my opinion. I mean, I would have any any single day of the week. I would have them in the team over them, and it purely because even if even if you're not guaranteed a performance out of them, that that element of changing a game, um, and it, for, to have none of them on the bench is 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 wildly frustrating. I was even frustrated when Sekumara come on instead of Paul Onuachu. Um but I mean, at least he had that good little knockdown for Theo, and he wasn't he wasn't dreadful. I'll give it to Mara. He wasn't dreadful when he come on. He was actually okay. Um, but yeah, it's just it, some of the decision making it is is baffling. And you mentioned about Moy sort of tracking a, tracking around there. You, you probably had a better view of the of the Pedro Porro goal from where you were because I, I I'm in the northern, so I'm sort of I was the other end. Who did you have at fault for that? Because from where I was sat, it looked like no one tracked him back. But on on the replay, it kind of because you didn't see the second half of the pitch. It just looked like. Perot got completely sucked in and, and lost. Yeah, he did. Hmm. He did. Perot got sucked in and he got and he was ball watching and he didn't pick him up back post. But Moy's got to go with him, surely. We've got to be at least right. There was so much space. And you could see it opening up, couldn't you? As they were attacking, Perot's made the run. And like I'm like, pick him up, pick him up. He's got so much space. And Moy's, I don't... You know, he talks about Moy's work rate, but he doesn't always track back. There's a lot of this all the time. You know, he looks at other players all the time. I don't honestly think his attitude's that good at times. Um, Perot's just like, he's still young and he makes, he's getting better, but he's got a rick in him. And it, it was just like one of those lack, lacks, lacks of concentration and he just didn't look over his shoulder. The communication wasn't there. But the pair of them have just got, you know, you've got to be talking all the time, even with playing at Sunday League level. You you talk all the time, you're trying to organise people, making sure people track runs. And it was just one of those, like, really silly slaps, um, lapses in com- concentration for me. Yeah, I think was, there was a bit of both. For, for, I, like I say, from my angle, because because I saw the, everything sort of going forward from behind Tottenham's defence, all I see is Pedro Porro making that run, which he'd made about five times before, by the way, in the same game, and we didn't learn. But um, it, I saw Pedro Porro making that run. I see the defence scrambling to try and cover that Kane run where he could make that header. And then I seen just, I mean, he was in acres of space. I didn't even see who should have been tracking him. I think it was Moy. Um, but I don't want to be finger pointing if it wasn't. But as far as I was aware and what I could see, that was Elianusi's man, and he just didn't bother tracking. And I mean, regardless, stupid goal, stupid goal to concede. Um, yeah, Che, che um, the popping up with the goal was a bit, a bit of a shock, especially so fast after half time. You know, I mean, he did his best to miss it. Bless him, it was off the post and in, but he did actually get the goal. Um, I mean, that was that was. Uh, you must have. Uh, I mean that, that was again, Daniel. I mean, you got a lot of action, Daniel, right, didn't you? But uh, but you must have uh, you must have just come back from from your halftime slash with a hot dog or something when when Che popped that in, didn't you? Okay, the kids weren't behind me kicking the chair. They 
family behind the kids kick the chair all the time. So the, actually, the, the the second half, the kids weren't there. I was like, oh, happy days. So I was like really enjoying the second half. It was a much, much far enjoyable second half. But yeah, all the action was was down our end. Um, Shaya thought worked hard the weekend. I'm glad he got his goal. Really glad he got his goal. Deserved deserved it. Um, I know he's had a barren run, hasn't he? And hopefully he'll be able to get a few more now. But like you said about Sakumara, I thought he came on and done a good job actually the weekend. Um, first time I've seen a bit more about him. He's working a bit harder. I think he's learning the league a little bit more now. It might be a bit too late for him, but... There's no sign of um, an Oacho, is there? A- again, he's he's not come on. You talk about that recruitment in, in 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 the window, in the January window, and you do have to question what went on there, and what the thought process is. You know, how much has Nathan Jones had to do with that? You know, there's a massive panic buy with an Oacho. We needed a striker. I know that we 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 spoke many times about who we would have gone for, but um, yeah, we're stuck with Shay, um, obviously Sakamara, and uh, you know. Adam Armstrong every now and then he'll get a run no doubt between now now and the end of the season obviously there's no actual will we <coughs> will we see anything from him I bloody hope so I mean that, that was the sub I was crying for at half time so let's get to poor and cause some havoc because um, obviously they'd had a, a defence that was already disturbed by injury and Ben Davis going off and, and things like that and yeah I just thought yeah tall Paul get him on see what happens but I mean sec- like you say Sekamara was 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 pretty decent. It wasn't wasn't a dreadful cameo um, that he made. So can't complain too much with that. Um, yeah, I mean, apart from obviously Harry Kane had the free header, which was, you know, it's a shame. But I mean, it's against you know Maitland Niles isn't the centre back, is he? Bless him. He was only trying to do a job. Um, unmarked Perisic, good finish. Can't really complain. But I mean, on paper, we've conceded three goals from free shots on target, so it's a bit of a stinger. Um, I don't think Bazuna could have particularly done anything with any of them. I'm not, not going to put, put blame on the goalkeeper for that. I think it was defensive errors. Um, but again, most of those defensive errors actually led from the midfield. I don't think the defence were too much at fault um, for the goals themselves. But I was I was concerned. When we went 3-1 down, I did think it was game over. Um, but we did... Uh, we did sort of um, have have that heart to go and get the to go and get the second and 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 right at the death of the third. What did you um did you make of the of that penalty caught at the end? Because you're a lot closer to it than I was. I had no idea what was going on, frankly. Kind of wanted to get back and watch it at home because I was desperate to see what happened with the penalty. Um, it looked quite soft from where I was. I've got to be honest. In light of life, I thought, wow, yeah, it's gone down quite easy there. You know how much contact was there. And when you see it back, there wasn't, we got a bit of luck there. I think, you know, it was nice to get a bit of luck because we don't get loads. And we've had a couple in a couple of games of the Man United game. Things went our way a little bit and and, and again the weekend. But, you know, let's, you know, let's talk about the penalty and how good, and how good it was. You know, massive, massive, massive pressure moment for him. Talk about all these people saying he ain't got any bottle. bottle. Massive bottle. You know, he's, he's down there, everyone's there and, getting a point out of it was was going to be massive in the end of the situation we were being 3-1 down but you know he took it really well he took it really really well chuffed to bits he scored it but Christ it did it erupt down our end wow haven't seen it so noisy down in it down in it down our end for a while now so um, down there in the what's what we do? Oh my, so I've got to take my kids I'm quite close to the family enclosure but outside of it it's usually fairly quiet and most of the kids are on their iPads most of the time but not my kids, but the kids around us usually are. So it was nice not to see the kids on the iPads and wanting to watch the football. That was um, 
the highlight of it really yeah it was a great uh it was to, to see it go in was fantastic oh i think everyone's nerves were jangling a bit i was even thinking oh please that just take this take this pressure off of prowse give it make the niles because i know he can take a good penalty but um he had yeah <laughs> for him to say no i'm still going to take it and i'm going to take it against someone who, who i know very well and knows me very well and knows where i put my penalties um, it, that had to be millimetre perfect and what a penalty um, fair play to him it was a lovely little embrace between him and Fraser at the end as well it, you're right in the uh, right in the nostalgia um, yeah it was lo- lovely um, see the big man back it, it got a great reception as well which is which is good and, and to get a point against against a, a so-called top six side is, is always positive isn't it um, the big six um, it did sort of prompt a, an Antonio Conte meltdown um, which was hilarious, but um, what on? What, what did you make of that? Was it? Do you reckon he's trying to get himself the sack, or, 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 you know, is he just complete enough of it? I think he's. He looks like he's had enough of it for sure. He's. Um, I've listened to a lot about it this week about what he said, but I think he's been brewing to, <laughs> to say that for a while now. I think he just totally lost the plot, really. He said exactly what he was feeling, but I think he probably does want the sack, to be quite honest. Um, his contract runs out at the end of the season and obviously get a bit of a payout if they do sack him. Now, it'll be interesting to see what Levy does there, whether he does make a change. I know that Tottenham play a relegation rival in their next game, which is um, which is Everton. So I'm kind of hoping that they do sack him and they bring another manager in before the Everton game and get a new manager bouts, to be quite honest, because at the moment they're an absolute soft touch to play against. You know, all the you know he's got all the players in the dressing room. They're all talking about one and another manager. It doesn't seem like it's a great atmosphere there. He'd be he'd be best off out of there. But whether Levy's going to pull the trigger on him, whether they come to a mutual arrangement, but it was an absolute outburst from the manager. Um, it was up there with the Nathan Jones one, wasn't it? To be fair, it was a bit probably a bit worse than the Nathan Jones one. Yeah, yeah, it was it was absolutely bizarre, wasn't it? I mean, what was he saying? It's a hist the history of this club, you know, the same owner, 20 years, they haven't won nothing. And it was almost like he was blaming the player culture over anything, saying sort of, well, look at, I mean, they've had this amount of quality coaches and nobody's succeeded. And why do you think that is sort of thing? Um, it'd be, but yeah, like you say, I'm, I, I've heard about it all week. You know, it's going to be very, very interesting to see what, what um, Levy does with it. But I think those players need to pull their finger out their ass and uh, get a result against Everton for the good of everybody. Um, but we'll see. We will see what happens there. Uh, we take the point. We love a manager meltdown. Um, I'll be a quick word about about Lavia at the end because he sort of. Um, I was I I stand at the bottom and sort of wait for the wait for the players at the end to to do their lap and and. Um, because I'm, I'm always interested to see who leads it, who doesn't, who's not involved, who walks down the tunnel, all that sort of thing. So I sort of stick about and have a look. And um, Romeo Lavia was sort of stood in front of the Northern men, applauding for for a couple of couple of minutes, and then and then the players sort of wandered over, and then they started to move over, and he sort of shouted at them and said, "No, you you know, everyone over here quickly." Um, and then Warprowse sort of led him over, and everybody came over, um, and Lavia was sort of pointing to the ground like that sort of going like like that uh, what he meant by that I'm not sure I mean a lot of people sort of took it as like you know we're we're here this is what we're going to carry on doing we'll see but yeah and then Ward Prowse at the end sort of pumping his pumping the badge is always always a nice one um 
it'd be nicer if he stays at the end of the season rather than keep pumping the badge and go down. But that's you know that's one one that time will tell. But we take a point. I wasn't overly pleased with it because of the manner of going through went down and the starting eleven. I think it killed killed the atmosphere. But we can start <clears throat> start strong against West Ham, which we will cover in more depth next week. Uh, come back for uh, come back for that next week. But if we can get get a, a strong start against West Ham, I think I think we've it's, it'll be our game to our game to lose because they're not a great side either. Uh, moving on from that, we'll be we'll now be talking a bit about England, um, who we're actually sort of playing playing at the moment. We've, we've got Italy in a, in a European qualifier, but um, I did want to talk about obviously obviously the Ward Prowse um, situation with Gareth Southgate. But what do you make of Southgate as a manager, Martin? Do you think that England will actually do, you know, will we win at anything under Southgate or do we wait to the next one? Because this is a talented bunch, isn't it, really? It's a really talented bunch, but there's not a lot coming through after it. So there's a real opportunity at this moment in time. I think he, he even spoke um, when he when he announced his squad last week that the next pool coming through, there's it's going to be a while that, to, to really pull some some players through, and there's certain positions they're a little they're a little bit concerned about that he's got a fantastic group of players, but as we've seen through the through the tournaments, he picks not all what you know. There's very much I always thought he was going to pick players on form for their clubs, but that's not happening, is it? Because he's playing he's picking players that are not in form. Harry Maguire is not in form for his club at all but he's still getting selected. And I find that alone baffling. I think anybody in the country does. He's done a really good job for England when he plays for England. But what hope does that give to Tamori, who's doing amazing at AC Milan? I watched him in the Champions League against Spurs, and he's quick, he's fast, he's young, he's hungry, but he looks a real deal as a, as a central defender. Surely we've got to be giving him a bit of belief he can get into the national side, because... We have to be picking people like him. But no, I don't think we'll win anything under Gareth Southgate. I think we've got no chance. I think he he's too cautious in the way he wants to play. And, and the other one I want to talk about is Calvin Phillips. Calvin Phillips has done nothing this season. Nothing. And when we saw him at St Mary's, Romeo Lavia, 19-year-old, ran him off the park. He made him look poor. Like, really poor. You're like, how is he getting in? What are they seeing in the bloke? Yeah, he might have had a good time a couple of years ago. That was a couple of years ago. He's playing for Leeds. He's not getting in the Man City side, so how can he get in the national side? I don't know what you think about it. Um, I'm very much of the same of the same opinion. Um, we will talk about the I'll talk about the midfield a bit more in depth here because it's intriguing. Um and it doesn't the buck doesn't just stop at Calvin Phillips, even though that is the most puzzling one in my opinion. Um I will just mention quickly on the defence, I do feel for the likes of uh, Fakai Tomori, who is missing out to the likes of Maguire and Gehi. Um, less Gehi, at least he's playing games. Um, and I, you know, it kind of defeats my argument about about what I'm going to say about Prousey. But um, Maguire's a, a head-scratcher. Didn't think he should have been going to the World Cup, um, like a lot of people. How can you when, when he's not playing football? Um you can, you know, you can have loyalty to an extent as an England manager, but but, but come on, mate, seriously, it's a joke. Um, midfield, this is a baffling one. So I put this tweet out on our on our Twitter um, after, pretty much in the immediate aftermath of the of the 
team selection coming out and uh, there was quite a response on it it's got 490 likes it reached about 40,000 people um most of which i will assume will be free lines fans um looking at immediate reaction to that sort of uh squad now i tweeted in the premier league this season and this was this was facts of you know at the time this is before prousey got his uh prousey got his next goal against um against tottenham Prousey had played 27 matches, six goals, two assists. Mount, 23 goals, 23 goals, 23 games, three goals, three assists. Conor Gallagher, 23 games, one goal, one assist. Jordan Henderson, 23 games, zero goals, one assist. Calvin Phillips, three games, zero goals, zero assists. It might not be everything, the goals and assists, but when you dig sort of deeper into it, right, and you look at the likes of, for example, I'll go Mountain Gallagher first. If they're not able to do their job to a higher standard with players behind them, such as Kante, Kovacic, Thiago Silva, and then you look forward and they've got these record-breaking players like Mudrik, Jao Felix, um, Madueke, you know, Raheem Sterling all of these you know superstars around them and they still can't seem to provide or score goals then that that says a lot um on its own to me um jordan henderson again is a baffling one uh, i think it was roy keane said um i can't remember whether it was roy keane but he said it a while ago uh, when henderson was being picked and someone sort of justified it by saying well yeah he's he's good for the group and you know he does stuff around the camp and he said well what are you going to pick a player because he sings karaoke and plays cards. Like, are you going to really take a slot up because of that? Um, and I agree with him. I think it's a joke. Um, he's pants, absolute pants, Jordan Anderson. I've never rated him. And Calvin Phillips playing, what was it? I think it was 58 minutes of football in the Prem all season. Um, after being injured for a good 80, 90% of last season, we should we should add as well. Baffling. Absolutely baffling. Um who who would you have who would you have had in over over these guys, Martin? Obviously Will Prowse, I assume. Uh but there was other contenders in there, you know, we're talking sort of um people like Solly March, and you did mention Gibbs White as well before we come in. Oh, he's played really well for us. He's been one of their best he's been the best player. You know, I was I was chatting to a Premier League player today. They played Forest a couple of weeks ago and he, he said that there's two standout players for them. And um Gibbs White is one of them. I think he's a really good player. He looks but when's it, is it, he's not going to get get a look in if he's... They talk about Phillips. I'm just, at the time of recording, that the England-Italy game is underway and I'm reading a few Twitter comments. They're all saying how rusty Phillips looks like. Well, that's pretty obvious he's going to be rusty. I just don't get these selections. I just don't get it. And Maguire's starting tonight. How is he starting? I just, I find it baffling, but... Yeah, you've got to pick. You've got to pick, pick people on form. You've got to look around and see see who's performing. Well, Prowse has been good since since Christmas for us. You know, you can't fault him. He he was being superb. He scored some really good free kicks. You know, he's great at Fulham. Wasn't he? he was at Everton when we come back through the whole melee of all this awful time that we've had as a football club. He's been one man that works really really hard. He doesn't get, ever really give the ball away. What does he brings a lot more than what Calvin Phillips does for me as a player. Loads more. I agree. Totally agree. Um, 
there's plenty of depth in that midfield position, um, in those midfield positions. And the fact that you had the likes of Mason Mount and Marcus Rashford drop out and Southgate decided not to select anybody else to come up into the team, uh, but did decide to replace, um, I can't remember who, who the goalkeeper was. I think it was Pope who, who dropped out, um, uh, replaced him with Fraser. Um, it just shows how defensive-minded Southgate is as a manager. He doesn't want to upset the apple cart up front. The, the, you know, Rashford dropping out would have been an absolutely golden opportunity to pick someone on merit, on form, who's who's playing out of their skin. Someone, for example, like following Balogun, who's on loan from Arsenal in France at the moment, um, playing for playing for Rams. He scored, I think, his 19 league goals this season. I think he's the second top goal scorer in league one behind Kylian Mbappe. You know, this guy is a good player. And the disrespect, I mean, even players like Eddie Nketiah, you're not getting a look in. Rashford's dropped out. What is the harm? Just get him up amongst the group. You, you never know. What's, you know. what's the worst that can happen? And yeah, you look at players like Solly March who could have come up and, and like you said, Gibbs White. And and it just feels like a real sort of I don't know, smaller club sort of bias against teams that are uh, sort of either smaller or down there and don't have as much history. And it's just pathetic, really. Because if you can do it at a top level in a team that isn't at your level, it just shows how good you are as a footballer, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, I don't think we're going to win anything under Southgate. Um, although I think we have just scored, as I'm saying that. <laughs> um, I don't think we're going to win any trophies under under Gareth Southgate. Um, I, the other I, one was Ollie Watkins. He never got a look in. He's been in really yeah, good form the last couple of months. Yeah, there's there's plenty and there's plenty to choose from. I think it's just disrespectful um, to 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 other clubs. Um, but yeah, I will. I think I think England have just scored. <laughs> I can't I can't guarantee it, but um, but yeah, I think we've just scored. But either way, I don't think trophy wise we won't win anything under under Gareth Southgate. Um, I don't know who the next manager could be. There's obviously, talks of people like Poch or, or Tuchel. Um, which would be interesting to see if that ever happened, but but um, that's one for the future. I uh, got qualified for the Euros first. Um, yeah, so back to uh, back to Southampton. Um, we just do want. I do want to look forward a little bit because we will cover West Ham next week. But I do want to look forward to to next season, and I want to do it now before we know our fate because it's harder. I feel like you know there's there's plenty of options, but let's talk about it raw. Let's talk about it right now. We're going to go through our thirty man squad as it is right now um, and we are going to say whether we think we should sell them, loan them or keep hold of them for next season now some of these might be out of our hands you know, out of the club's hands but this is our opinion um, on who uh, who will stay, who will go and who we should be looking to, to send on loan for a season um, I think it's right we start with the start with the goalies um Martin, what, what do you think? So let's start start with obviously Gavin. Um, I, th- I think that's a pretty safe keep for me. What about you? Yeah, Gavin's got to stay. Um, I think whatever league we're in next year, he he'd be our number one. I don't think there's any about that. I just need a good backup behind him. So you you go on to the to the to the understudies. Exactly that. So the other the other goalkeepers, Maka, um, he's an interesting one. Um, I think I think Willie's contract runs out, so that's going to be that's going to be an interesting one. But McCarthy, what do you what do you reckon with him? I think you go Alex McCarthy. I think his time's up at the football club. Um, his body language speaks volumes, but he did get a contract a year and a half, about a year ago. 
It depends how long that contract was. He might be just on the tick down, but I think if they can get rid of him, they'll probably get rid of him and bring another experienced goalkeeper in, I would think. They will need an experienced goalkeeper there. Willie will definitely go. There's no doubt that he won't sign another contract. But he's taken his Euro... Uh, the, the the goalkeeping badges, Europa badges that they do. I'm not sure what the actual name of the badges they do, but he's done his coaching badges. So what's the chance that he he might take the sideboard step? They like him at the football club. I know that he lives in the area. He'll probably end up on the goalkeeping department with Andrew Sparks. I would imagine. Yeah, um, I think that's probably safe to say. He will we'll stick around in some um, some sort of format, won't he? Um, but yeah, McCarthy, again, interesting to see where that one goes, because like you say, he signed a contract, but it was never announced that he'd signed a contract. And it was really weird at the end of last season with contracts, because the club stated that they'd offered Shane Long a contract extension. And I think it was actually Shane Long's wife that come out and said, well, you haven't, <laughs> unless our phone, you know, our phone number stayed the same for the past. I think she actually said our phone number stayed the same for the past 10 years. So what's your excuse? sort of thing like they never got you know so and then it and then a week later he'd been released so very interesting because they never said how long it was or that he'd even signed it um unless it was i mean they put it in small print but but nothing about the details so but yeah i would probably i'd probably let mccarthy move on um i'd, I'd say sell him um bring in someone with a bit more a bit more experience but you know not quite willie caballero experience maybe someone who can still do a job um, but who, who is better than better than McCarthy? Um, on to defenders. Uh, there's a few no-brainers in here. I think we can we can probably say the likes of KWP, Belakotchap, Salisu, um, Livermento. These guys, they're probably all keeps, right? I don't think there's any arguments there. Interesting ones. Lianco. What do you do with Lianco? Depending on the division they're in, but I'm not convinced he'd be any good in the championship, if I'm honest. I'd probably like to see him go, to be honest. I'd rather see um, Kletikarste, in, in my opinion. I think he's better in the air. I think he's a more physical defender. I think he's a bit more rounded. I'm still surprised that he's nowhere near this squad. Um, but no, I'm, I'm, I, I would let Lianco go, to be honest. I think they were pretty close to letting him go in in the summer, but obviously it didn't come off with the Turkish club and, and he, he didn't go. But for me, let him go. Yeah, I think if we can if we can get back what we paid for Lianco and, and let him try and find his feet somewhere else, because he's clearly a good person. He clearly plays with a lot of passion. There's no there's no debate in that. Um, but yeah, let, let him let, get a good fee, let him find his feet somewhere else. Um, and maybe he's got a future in the Premier League at some point, but it's probably not right now. Um, Roman Perot. Interesting. I think that's. I mean, for me, keep him. It'd be a bit silly to let him go. But but what do you think? Yeah, I keep him no matter what division we're in. I think if we're in the Premier League or, or the Championship, I think he'd do a good job in the Championship. He'd probably be big, good learning place for him. I think he's learning. I think he's improving. I, I think he's really good. He's got a great shot on him. We've seen good goals from the boy. He looks really good in around the edge of the opposition's box. Sometimes I think he's a little bit suspect in defending. He's a little bit a hundred miles an hour. But I think there's a good player there. He's one for the future, that for me. Um, he will only get better, Roman Perot, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. He has still got years on his side as well. Um, Chiletta Saar is the next one. For me, that's an easy keep. Like you said, I think you said there as well, you, you'd keep him. 
um, because of his ability in the air. And obviously, I mean, he's such a good good player and it's, it's, it's a shame to see him on the edge at the moment. Jan Bednarek. Jan Bednarek. What do you do with Yanni B, Martin? I think he would probably go at the end of the season. I'm not sure he's day. Um, I'm not sure his contract's like. Um, maybe there's another year on it. That would he want to drop down and play in the championship? I probably think he th- he would think he's better than that from look, the way we know he talks. He's done all right, isn't he? Last couple of weeks, he's done better. Do I think we can get a better defender? Do I think we've got better defenders at the club already? Yeah, I, I do think we've got better than him already. Um, that he's come in and done a bit of a job for us. That it, it depended on the manager. Um, I can't see him wearing a Southampton shirt next season. I might be wrong, but I think it would be. Would be unlikely if you know in either, if I'm honest, in either division, I'd I'd, I'd rather we, we we moved him on now. To be honest, yeah, I think it'd be wise if we can get some some uh, some decent pennies for him. Get let him go. Um, the last two defenders are actually quite quite good. I'm going to throw a loan in here. I think um, the probably depends on what division we're in and the sort of players that we lose. But right now, we'll say we stay up. I think Juan Larios would would probably benefit from a loan move. Um, and James Bree, um, I, I, I just don't see, I just, I'd rather, I think I'd rather give an academy fullback a place in the starting 11. I think sell him for, if we could sell him for two or three million, considering we bought him for, for what was it? 700 K. You can call that good business and move on. I think, what do you, what do you reckon? I, I just think it was a nothing sign. And I, you know, I think they want to cover it fullback because of Levermento's injury. But look, I don't sit, you know, that if we're in the championship, they may keep hold of him, maybe, to be honest. You know, it depends on, on, on Tino's injury and if they can get him fit. Look, if we're in the Premier League, I wouldn't want to see him near the Premier League. I don't think he's good enough for the Premier League from what I've seen. I'd definitely look to let him go. Larios, like you say, he probably needs to go out and develop now, like Smallbone and, and Teller have done. There's definitely a player in there. We've seen a, a fair bit of potential from him, but he's young. So short for a defender, though, isn't he? Um yeah, it's an interesting side in that one. I'm not sure and I'm not convinced that one will work out long term. Um, Larios. No, no, I'm not overly convinced of that either. Um, obviously, I mean, there's a few givens in the midfield as well. Uh, that's if we can keep hold of these guys. War Prowse is a keep without a doubt. Romeo Lavia is a keep without a doubt, I think. Not many people would say sell on someone like Kamaldine Suleimana. He would be a keep. Someone like Alcaraz is a keep. The rest of it is quite interesting. Let's get into it. So, Stewie, Stewie Armstrong. Have we um, have we seen enough of Stu, or or is it, it? Do we keep hold of him? He go into the season. I think. I, I think he's. We talk about players that are done at the football club. I think his time's up. I don't think he's the player that he, he probably once was for us. Don't think he brings as much to the party as, as, as he may be used to. Um, he was more influential, wasn't he, in, in, in Hassan Hotel's early days. But I think it's definitely time to move him on, mate. His contract, he has another year, I believe. But I would I would let him go now, to be honest. Um, I, I don't, in either division, I don't think he'd probably drop down to the championship anyway. But there's talk that he'd go back to Scotland um, that's already been spoke about already. Doesn't look particularly happy with his body language at times this year. It's been so in and out of the side. He's struggled to get any consistency. He's had a lot of injuries as well. 
But yeah, I think it'd be a be a player that will definitely be moved on. Be sad to see him go. He's been a good servant to the football club. Um, but it's the, this last sort of like twelve to eighteen months has been really tough for the boy. Yeah, I'm I'm of the same opinion. I think probably if we can get good money for Stu um, from from the, the likes of a Celtic, I wouldn't probably wouldn't like to see him go to another Premier League team. But you know, beggars can't be choosers. If you get good money from, you get good money from. Musa, um, for me, this is quite easy. Uh, actually, Musa and and Moy, I'll put in the same in the same bracket, but for different reasons. Uh, Musa, bless his art, he tried. I just don't think he's good enough um, at all. Uh, and Moy, I just full, full stop. Don't think he's anywhere near good enough. Do you do you challenge any of them, or do you agree? No, Moy's contracts out there. They let him go. I would think, but then nothing surprises me with this football club. You know. Musa ended up with the contract extension. He had that little start at the start of the season and he'd done quite well at left back. You know, he filled in when we had no left back. And then all, all of a sudden he gets a contract extension. And who the heck sanctioned that? Because I just don't rate the boy. I just I just don't see what he brings to the party. I really don't. I, I think he's a I think in the in the championship he'd be a headless chicken, to be quite honest. I think he's a a player, if you can get your money back and get rid of him, maybe they give him the contract with a view that they might better get, that it was ticking down, that they'd be able to flog him. I think he'd definitely get flogged. But don't be surprised, mate, if you see uh, Ali Nusi given another contract in the next few weeks. It'd be horrific if they did, because it, it's time to move on and bring bring better to the football club. I think we have better at the football club already. Um, we've got better out on loan already. Um, with, you know, you'll probably touch upon the players that are, that are potent, you know, potentially coming back, but there are players still. But whether they come back or not, I'm sure you'll run. I'll leave that one to you, mate. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll sort of have a little round up of those boys at the end. But I agree, Moy. He's for me, he's got to go. If we do sign him again, it's it makes you question the ambition. Sort of, you look at if the board and, and that sanctioning a contract for him, they're looking at him and thinking that he's good enough to play for the football club and to improve the football club going forward, which in my opinion, he's not good enough to improve himself, let alone the football club. So yeah, he's, he's done. No hard feelings, Moy. You're just not up to it, mate. Um, you seem to smash it in Scotland. I'd recommend sort of popping back there. Um, Ibrahima Diallo is interesting because he's still young and he has these flashes and, and sometimes he can step in and be useful. I say keep as a squad depth option, but what do you reckon? Yeah, um, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, I think he's an he's an option to have in around the squad. I don't like fans get on his back really easy, but technically he's quite a good player, isn't he? You know, he's obviously going to develop as well, and he needs a bit of time. It's just whether he's prepared to be that bit part player, and he or he, or he wants to go and really progress his career a bit more. I think in the championship, that like with a with a really good holding midfielder with someone that's going to battle when the ball, he'd be. He'd, He's technically really good. Just depending, I think if we're in the Premier League, he might just be a bit be a player that, that they let go. Yeah, I think it's a tight one with him, really. I don't dislike him. I think he brings something to the party. But there's a lot of fans that hate the boy. They just don't rate him, do they? Yeah, he has got a, he has got a club of them who, who, are, who put him in the Moy camp. I don't think he's that bad. Uh, well, we've seen him put in some good Good performances, unlike unlike Moy, he's got it in him. Uh, probably a useful squad squad player. Um, our number seven, Joe Aribo. 
for me, it's a no-brainer. We, we have to keep hold of him and we have to utilise him because I think he's been wildly disrespected for the talent that he's got this season. Um, you know, do you think that maybe he might benefit from, from moving somewhere else or, or, or do you, would you like to see him stay as well? I'd like to see someone get hold of him and, and, and get the best out of him because he's obviously a, he's a decent player. I think it was, a, it was an absolute steal when they brought him in. I think Simmons had, had spoke, didn't he? I think he spoke on the podcast about last week. They were delighted to bring him in when they did. I think he was a player they were looking at for a long time. I'd be surprised to let him go. I think in either division, either the Premier League or the Championship next season, I think he he will, under the right manager and the right guidance, someone will get the be- get the better out of him. But we need to give him a little bit more time. It's so quick to write a player off in football. But I'd like to see him stay and I'd like to see someone get get their arm around him and get the best out of him because... He could be a real asset in either division, in my opinion. I agree. I've been calling out for him to be involved in in, in the squad. So um, I really hope somebody gets hold of him and does exactly that. Um, this one's interesting because it's not sell, loan or keep because it's technically he's not our player. So Maitland-Niles, Maitland-Niles, for me, if we can get him at the right price, it seems a bit of a silly, it would seem silly not to. If you can get him on a decent contract for the right price, it seems silly not to, purely because of how versatile he is and how willing he now is to play those other positions. Because I seem to remember we went for him a few years ago when he chose West Brom and ultimately got relegated because we said to him, Ainsley, we need you to play in different positions because we know you're capable. And he said, no, I'm a centre mid full stop. And we said, well, we can't promise you that. So he went somewhere else. He's had a few years since then and he seemed to really embrace that use of, you know, the sort of player he is filling in at centre-half is a prime example. What do you reckon? Do you think it would maybe be a wasted signing or do you think, a, you know, a, a worthwhile signing if we were to keep him on? I think he's improved as the season has gone on. I had a lot of reservations about Amanda Hassanud, especially under Jones. It was clear that he didn't like Jones. He did down tools a little bit. And I was a bit disappointed with some of his body language. And, you know, I singled him out on Twitter at one stage because he did annoy me in some of his, um, in some of his performances. I think he was lacklustre. Um, would I keep him if we're in the Premier League? I think he'd be a really good squad player if you could keep him. I do. I think he, he he's an option. He's an option. That, uh, I think he's done well when he's gone in at fullback. You know, he'd he done a good, decent job at the weekend. Um, I think wages would be an issue. There's no doubt about that. And I think that, that they're obviously want money for him. So do I think he'll stay realistically? No, I don't think he'll stay. Will Arsenal keep him? I don't think Arsenal want him because if they did, he'd be getting a run. You know, he's he's not favoured there, is he, at all? He's, he's like his second, third low move. Um, there's obviously a player there who's got a bit about him. I think he's got some talent let down by some poor attitude at times. Yeah, I think he has let himself down a couple of times, but there's clearly clearly a talented player in there to be able to walk about a pitch and play in those sort of positions and play them all competently is 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 should not be underestimated. And I think yeah, if we can get him on a, on a cut a real cut price from a from an Arsenal side that will be looking on to much better things next season, regardless of how it finishes. Um, and you know, if if we can do better on his wages than we did for someone like Walcott, for example, I, I think it makes it makes sense. So. Yeah, I mean, chatting about chatting about Theo, it makes sense to start with him now because I've, I've mentioned him. But this front line, I'm looking at it, and there's a lot, there's a lot in here that is debatable. Uh, start with Theo. There's 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 no 
automatic stays in this. What do you think? Obviously, I know his contract's up at the end of the summer. Do you offer him? Um, do you offer him another one? Or they won't offer him another one. The club won't. I wouldn't. I thought so. I, I think he'd retire. My gut feeling is I think Theo will retire at the end of the season. He's come back south where he grew up. Um, I think him and his wife are settled down here. They like it down here. He's constantly sneaking into the media. He think he's made it quite clear that he wants to go into media work. He's quite good at it as well, actually. Um, I listen to Talk Sport a lot during the week, and he's 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 writing in quite a bit now. There's no doubt that that's the route he'd go down. I don't think he'd go into a coach coaching role. I think he's a great ambassador for our football club. So I like to think that. I know they use Benali a lot as, a, as an ambassador for, for our football club at this moment in time. But if they want to reconnect with like some of the younger fans, everybody loves Theo Walcott. So if he does d- d- decide to retire, I really hope that the club do something with him. Because I don't think he'd coach, but to have him involved at the football club would be fantastic. He, the one thing I'll say about Theo, whenever I've seen him and I've been around the clubs, I've been to the training days, I've been... My daughters have stayed, stayed and got autographs afterwards. He doesn't miss a human being when it comes to doing a signature or doing a selfie. I know he gets a bit of stick for it, but I think he's a great man for our football club. So I hope he's looked after it in some way or form, but I don't think he'd be as a player. I think it, his legs are gone and I think he knows it as well. And he's, it's going to, I just hope we don't get relegated because for him, he he won't want to finish on a relegation. I just wonder if that will play a little bit of a, you know, his decision making. Will he go off to America maybe for one final payday? I don't think he's a man that needs any money though. It's their walk up. No, I think he's done all right. I think he's done all right. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, like you said, he grew up. He grew up. I think it was Winchester area, and he met his missus down here, so she's from here. All his family are from here. Um, yeah, he's he's clearly loves the city. It's his city, so. It would be good to have him involved in some capacity. Like you say, I agree. This is probably his last hurrah, his last sort of push final stretch, um, which is probably why we're seeing all these unbelievable performances all of a sudden. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think he's better off doing something like media. He's going to earn more money for it. He's going to be, you know, people listen to him because he's been about, you know, England, Arsenal, Champions League and all of this stuff. He's a good player. He, he He's had a great career. Uh, I think I, I can see that that's how that one ends. Um, Adam Armstrong. I think it's pretty strong from from you on, on your views on Adam Armstrong. I am of the same sort of opinion as much as I've backed him, backed and backed and backed him, said he will score, he will score. It's just not happening. I, I think he's done. Um, I think, I mean, do, do you want to confirm, do you think he's done as well? I'm just looking at the contract. So I'm looking at the, the length of his contract. Alarming. 2025, his contract it expires. That is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. I think he's done at the football club. I think he's been done for a while. I think they're selling. I don't even if we go to the champ if we get relegated and we end up in the championship. I think he's lost his confidence and he needs to go and start. He probably needs to go home. He needs to go back north to, to where he's from, resettle and, and try and get his football career going. Because he's obviously a, he was a decent player, had a great time at Blackburn, but it's just not worked out for him down here. And um, time for a change. I don't want to see him, in a, see him in either league with us next season. In my personal opinion, people say he dropped down the Champions score a load of goals. Bet you he didn't. If we do, I bet you he doesn't. If he stays, bet he won't stay. Yeah, I think I think it's curtains for for Armstrong. Um, Che Adams. 
Che Adams. Do you keep Che? You need to try and cash in. Well, Everton wants Che Adams. There's no doubt that he. If we get relegated, I think they he will be sold. He will he will want to move away. Um, I love to see him stay because I think he's he's got another year on his contract. His contract. He's got another year. So the club can keep hold of him. You know, the one good thing, the interesting thing that come out of the fans for him, which should touch on really, and anyone was there would would say the same, is that they were very adamant, um, Rasmus and his board, that if they get relegated, they feel they have the financial backing to not make major changes. And that was to the playing squad as well, the playing staff. They were confident that they would be able to keep a lot of the players if they wanted to. So if they wanted to keep him and he wanted to stay, he's a man you've got to keep because I think in that division he score he score a lot of goals. I think he scored a lot of goals in that league. I agree. I agree. Another man I think would score a lot of goals in that in that league. Actually, two men who I think would score a lot of goals in that league is 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 Paul Nuachu and Mislav Orsic. I think they would actually absolutely have a field day. The only thing is about, I think Paul's, Paul's a stay. I think we've put too much of a gamble on him to get rid of him that quickly. Miss Love's a different one because we got him at a very, very good price for the player he is. Again, like Joe Aribo, I am baffled and irritated that Miss Love Orsic is, is not being allowed the chance to settle himself into the Premier League. We've seen him playing in a couple of cup games. It doesn't really tell you anything because the cup has a completely different attitude, atmosphere and everything around it to, to anything, any league whatsoever. And the man's clearly got calibre. What, what's your um, feeling on, on Mislav? Do you think the club will will try and um, probably sell him back to probably Zagreb, to be fair? I'm gutted it's not worked out because I was really excited when he signed. I thought he was a, a man of good calibre. You know, he, he played in played in World Cups. He's, you know, I've seen some of his goals. I think he scored a hat-trick maybe against West Ham that I saw that I watched couple of years ago in in Europa League and he looks at he looked a class player I think he is extremely talented for some reason it's not worked for him here look it's it's a it's a massive contract that they they've given him he's not on a on a small sum of money and, and I imagine if he's not going to feature and he and he's not going to become a part of our squad they will they will have to cash in on him you know the contract terms that it was a three-year contract it was a mega it was a mega deal 10 10.5 million contract it's it's crazy, it's crazy. But I don't think he wanted to come here. I really don't. It doesn't look like a man that wants to be here. And that's why he's not featuring. Yeah, gutting because what a player. Clearly, what a player. Just absolutely gutting that we've not we've not utilised him or made the best of him. Ruben keeps saying he's a top fella and he really wants to try and carry on working hard. And he's communicated with it with him that he, you know if he carries on and all that, but. It's, a lot of it, I feel like his manager talks. So we'll see that one, however that one plays out. I don't think I could blame him either way. Uh, just a shame, really. Um, I think Samuel Adozi, we would be ridiculous to sell him or loan him, regardless, to what, regardless of what division we're in next season. I think he, he should he should be playing now um, and he, he should be playing next season. Um, Sekumara, for me, I, I, I don't sell him yet because he's still young, but I, I'd, I'd send him out on loan. Um, next year, what, what, what do you reckon? Depending on the league, I think if we if we're still in the Premier League and we manage to stay up and by the skin of our teeth, he definitely needs probably needs a loan move and needs to he needs to stay in England. I wouldn't let him go back to France. I'd let him stay in England and develop in England. 
heard heard someone else speaking about it at the game the weekend. You know, if you're going to send him on loan, keep him in England. I think if we drop to the championship, do you know what? I don't think he'd do a bad job. And I think they may just keep him. I, I think they're... I think I was disappointed with him early on, but he's got better. He's adapting, like we said earlier on in the show. It's whether he... You know, the championship's a physical, tough league. Will he tough it out in the championship? Be interesting to see. It'd be interesting to see. I wouldn't want him to see him as our number one striker in, if he were in the championship. You need a goal scorer and whether he'd score enough goals. I don't know. I think he's still too young at this moment in time, but I agree with you. Get him out on loan. Try and develop in it in England. Yeah, I think it's almost a no-brainer with that one. Um, other ones I want to chat about quickly, that, that is the bulk of the squad, but I want to talk about uh, a couple of chaps who've been on loan. So quick ones on Nathan Teller, Will Smallbone, um, and also I want to chat about um, the likes of a couple of youth players. So people like um, Don Ballard and Kamari Doyle. Uh, those two guys, personally, I would love to see try and push on, um, carry on the great work they, they're having with the B team. Um, and if they get their chance in the first team, you know, take it with both fans because we have really been lacking that academy pathway the past couple of years. It'd be great to see someone come in and really, you know, take that chance. Um, Nathan Tellers that speak for himself, uh, themselves, Martin, but Will Smallbone sort of somewhat flown under the radar until the past month or two when people at Stoke have really been raving about how good he's been consistently. Uh, he made his first senior appearance for the for the Ireland um, national squad and got man of the match in his first game. Do you think, like Ruben Sellers, do you think that Will deserves a chance to, to try and stake a claim next season? Yeah, like, um, he got thrown in against Watford back end of last season um, by Hasnett. coming out of the cold from nowhere. Hardy been in the squads, it been on the bench, Hardy played, and he got thrown in. And it wouldn't have done his confidence any good. It was a tough game as it was that day, and, and we got beaten and well beaten. And he took a bit of flack. He got pulled off. He maybe got pulled off at half-time, if I remember rightly. I always thought he was technically a really good player. They raved about him at the football club. I've spoke to a few people at Stoke. And the people I speak to have said he's been superb for them this season. He's got better more as the season's gone. And it was all about the same with Nathan. We said about it on the podcast last week. It was about that consistency, being given that environment to thrive, to keep playing. One thing that we don't do as a football club very well is we chop and change and chop and change. And we don't give players a real proper chance. He just need he he's just needed a chance at Stoke, and he's he's done well. I think depending on on the league is he come back to Southampton Football Club, and you know he's a really good he could be a really good player for us. Best like if we were in the Championship, he'd be he'd be in starting eleven, I would think. Um, Nathan Teller, like you said, his stats speak for themselves. I think the really disappointing thing that I heard, and I think it's how valued by the football club will he feel? Because I think he's come out on record and he said that Nathan Jones, who was the manager at Southampton Football Club, in the January transfer window, didn't even pick the phone up and have a conversation with him. That's poor. And he should have done. Because he's done well. And I think he's the sort of player that we want to come back to our football club. I'd like to see Nathan Teller come back. Will he come back? I think they might just cash in on him if they get the right offer for him. It just depends what that offer is, but he's just he looks the business, doesn't he? Whenever I've seen him, he looks class. If we were if we go down to the championship, you want him in our side. But obviously 
It's going to want to play in the Premier League. He's going to want to play in the Premier League now. So you would imagine he's going to force a move. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it also depends a lot on um, who stays and who goes in, in, in certain positions. Because if we do see the likes of Armstrong and Elianusi go in um, and, you know, if Miss Lavosic also goes, I feel like it's not naturally a chance for Teller to come in and prove himself because he, he uh, last season, um, his appearances off the bench under, under House and Hootle, some of them were brilliant. You know, he changed games and he's electric, but it was clear that he needed that consistent chance to start games and, and it's come this season. And what a way to learn. Um, great manager to learn it under. Seems like a really good environment for him to be learning. Um, it's just whether Burnley do come in for that, to, you know, offer us that money. Um, it's a bit of a um, a win-win with him because if he stays, we've clearly got a good talent. And if he goes, we can get some good money because he's proven he's a good talent. So um, either way, either way, I'd be happy. Um, but yeah, I think Will Smallbone is going to get a chance next season from what's been said um, from Ruben. Um, people in the press seem to really like him. And yeah, Southampton lad, I think he is going to, I think he's definitely going to get a chance at least. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's that's the squad done. Uh, I, ca- I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head right now that I do want to cover. Uh, we did we did mention people like um, Matthias Liz, didn't we before? Yeah, um, we did. We did and, talk about uh, him for a moment. Yeah. Mario Lavia, we've not spoke about. Obviously, we want him to stay. I think we're realistic that big clubs yeah. are going to come knocking the door for him. He's a player that, if we're in the Premier League, you want to keep him for one more season. They want to do everything they can. Mm. He's got a long contract. He's got a five-year contract, but they're going to get big offers for the boy. Um, just worth touching on while we're, we spoke about England. Harry Kane's yeah. just scored a penalty for England and he's just, he's beaten the record. What an incredible, oh, got to give him a shout out, haven't we? What a great um, striker he's been for our national team, Harry Kane. Um, and he's scored yeah. many more as well. So congratulations well, to Harry yeah. Kane. Absolutely. Congratulations. I still don't think he should be captain. I don't know Michael Stryker is a captain, but, you know, that's another Southgate masterclass there. Um, but, you know, uh, no, well done. Well done. That's a lot of goals. And, yeah, long may you continue scoring them, um, please. Because <laughs> if we ain't got Kane, we ain't got goals. So, uh, yeah, that's that's really good. So, I think, yeah, that's a positive note to end on. Um, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Martin, thank you so much for joining me. As always, it's an absolute pleasure. Um, next week we will have a couple of special guests on so please do uh, keep an eye on our social media channels because I want or we want you to be involved um, and there will be an opportunity for our fan base to ask some questions to said special guests keep an eye out for that um, to, to see who it is uh, and listen in for next week where you will hear that and our preview for our monumental fixture at the London Stadium against West Ham. Uh, again, thank you, Martin, for coming on. If you would like to keep You're up You're welcome. Today, thank you very much for having me. Thank you for tuning always, in, guys. Hope you've enjoyed our podcast. Always. So, yeah, if you'd like to keep up to date, uh, drop us a follow on, on Spotify. It will notify you as soon as an episode is launched on there. Um, same with Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And if you subscribe on our YouTube channel as well, you will get notified when we upload a video. Uh, on YouTube, we don't just upload uh, the whole podcast. We split it into bits. So if you don't have time to listen to the whole thing, you can hone in on the bits you'd like to listen to. So that's always worth noting. So, yeah, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. And we hope to have your ears again next week. <laughs>